Lord, we bless you this morning. We thank you for your presence here. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that you poured out your very life unto death for us, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for your kindness, for your grace, for your mercy, for your patience, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your love. Lord, we thank you for your Holy Spirit who is present here and for your word. We ask that the Holy Spirit would give us understanding, Lord. I pray, Lord, as you told Jeremiah, you said, I will put, I will put my words in your mouth. And I, I pray, Lord, let this be your word, Lord, that comes out of my mouth. And I pray that you would minister, Lord, to those of us who are even right now in pain or discouragement or just need just to be reminded of the wonders of our salvation. Help us, Lord, to look to you in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Good morning. Good morning. Hold on. Hold on. That song, that Deeper Wells, did you write that? Dude, we've got a talented... Wow. I was, I was like, no way. He wrote, that's really good. I like that. How's everyone doing? Yeah, good. Are all the lights on or is it just these are burnt out? Okay. I'm an old man now, so I got to wear my glasses. All right, if you are, uh, first of all, welcome to Resurrection Church, everyone online who may be watching, hello. Um, if you have your Bibles, turn to Hebrews chapter 2. Yay, we are already in chapter 2. Hebrews chapter 2. I don't know about you, but I'm enjoying <coughs> our little study of Hebrews. I was intimidated to do the book before because I've, I've never taught it before, but as I read it and studied it, I'm like, wow, this is really good stuff. Hebrews chapter 2. Hebrews chapter 2. We're going to cover the first four verses. And the first four verses are kind of like, well, you'll see, it's like a little interruption to what he's saying. Hebrews 2 1 says, For this reason, we must pay much closer attention to what we have heard lest we drift away. For if the words spoken through angels proved unalterable or reliable or valid, and every trespass and disobedience received a just penalty, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? That salvation was first spoken by the Lord, was confirmed to us by those who heard, God also testifying with them both by signs and wonders and by various, various miracles and by gifts of the Holy Spirit according to his own will. Now, if you remember, the, the whole theme of Hebrews is the supremacy of Christ. Christ is like better than any other option you have out there. And the original church that was listening to this had gone through a lot. They had gone through suffering and persecution, and in the past they had uh, stayed faithful to the Lord, but many of them were beginning to reconsider and turn away 
maybe go back to Judaism. Um, and he even says that uh, he is writing this book, uh, this, this book or this um, sermon as an exhortation to exhort them to not leave Christ, right? To exhort them, to encourage them to stay faithful to Christ. Sometimes in our lowest times, sometimes in our most difficult times, yeah, there's those thoughts that come, right? And here he's saying, hey, keep pressing on. Keep looking to Jesus. But it's interesting, though, in this first chapter, he has been dealing with with Jesus better than the angels because many people in the uh, first century would worship angels. They thought they gave angels high credence because angels were used mightily of God. So, hey, we can, you know, they, they would, some of them would want to worship it. So he's like, Jesus is better than the angels. He is God. He's God the Son. He is in, unchangeable. He's eternal. He's the high priest. He is the perfection. You can't leave Jesus for an angel because... Now notice this. Actually, these first first four verses are actually a parenthesis in his argument. He's like, Jesus is better than angels. And it's as if he gets caught up in the moment, right? It's as if, because look at the, verse, look at the verses after, look at verse 5. See verse 5? For he did not subject to angels the world to come, concerning which you are speaking, right? And then he says, he was made a little lower than the angels. He goes back to that angel thing, Jesus compared to angels, right? So in verse 1 through 4, he's actually interrupting. He's like a preacher who is right in the midst of something, and then God drops something in his mind and heart and says, wait a second. Wait, by the way, you're thinking about leaving Jesus, but Jesus is better than angels. And then he says, wait a second, wait a second. Let me just remind you how great Jesus is, right? Let me just remind you what kind of salvation we have. Let me just remind you, let me go back to the basics. Because if you're thinking about leaving Jesus for some angel, let's go back to the basics and say, do you realize what you have in Jesus Christ? And so my main point, I got four verses, I got one major point. It's right here in verse 2, or verse 1 rather. It's real simple. And we could say, I'll just make my point and we can go home and have a nice nap. No, we're going <laughs> to, no, I, I prayed and stayed too long. Look at this. He says, for this reason, we must pay much closer attention we must pay attention to jesus now i'm preaching today some days i like to teach so i'm a little more calm you know but i'm excited because we're talking about jesus amen we're talking about jesus pay attention to jesus he says in fact the the greek indicates not just pay much closer attention actually means to pay the closest you got to go back and pay the closest attention to jesus that's the key that's the point pay attention to jesus when you're, when, you're, when you're in the midst of whatever life is, focus on Jesus is what he's going to say. That's his main point. He's going to prove that point. Sometimes in life, and maybe nobody here, I'm going to assume we're all perfect Christians, right? But some people in life, when they become a believer, they believe that salvation is like fire insurance. I made my decision for the Lord. Just like I paid my fire insurance. I don't have any fire insurance, but whatever insurance you're supposed to have. And then you forget about it, right? It's filed away. And then when it comes, oh, I got my fire insurance for the bad for the for the fire, right? I got and some people approach salvation like that. Yes, Jesus. And then that's it. I, I think salvation, we have to reconsider. Salvation is more like a marriage than it is buying fire insurance. Don't get me wrong, he's saving us from hell, amen. But you think about this. We're the bride of Christ. 
Salvation is like a marriage. There you are, standing before the pastor. Here she is. She's beautiful. You have worked very hard and looking and acting your best for the last two years, right? Putting your best foot. You've gone through the premarital classes. You've, got, you've met the parents. They've met you. They've approved. You've talked to the pastor. Their friend. You've done everything. You've put your best foot. And you decided to ask her to spend the rest of your life with you in marriage. And you go to their altar and you say, I do. And she says, I do. And you're like, yes. It would be odd for you to say, I do, and then walk away and say, oh, I'll see you later. We're married. The piece of paper says we're married. I got my fire insurance. And then you walk away as if, no, 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 whole intent of meeting Jesus is to walk with Jesus and to be with Jesus and to grow in Jesus, right? The gospel isn't just what gets you saved. It's not just fire insurance. The gospel is also the way of life, amen? So he says, pay attention for this reason, verse 1, pay attention to Jesus. For this reason, we must pay much closer attention to what we have heard. Some people treat salvation like it's a field that's neglected and never gets tended. And uh, there's, a, there's an author that, and a pastor of yesteryear, J.C. Ryle says, I will never shrink from declaring my belief that there are no spiritual gains without pains. I should as, as soon expect a farmer to prosper in business who contented himself with sowing his fields and never looking at them till harvest as expect a believer to attain much holiness who was not diligent about his Bible reading and prayers and the use of, the, of his Sundays. Pay attention. Pay attention. He says, for this reason, look at there, verse, verse phrase, for this reason, or therefore, for the reason that I've just been telling you that Jesus is better than the angels. He is God, he's immutable, he's unchangeable, He's so much better than the angels. His covenant is so much better. For this reason, as God, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who is not just one of the angels, He sits at the right hand of the majesty on high. You're dealing with God in the flesh. For this reason, He says, we must pay closer attention. That idea, the word, we must pay closer attention, the word there is prosecco, means to focus. It means to carefully observe means to hold the course. It's actually one of two nautical terms. It's for holding the course or securing it. We must hold the course with Jesus. There are so many things in this life that want to distract us and take us away from Christ. I don't know about you. I get easily distracted. Look, okay, I'll give you an example. I'm on, I like to watch like pastors on YouTube, you know? And of course, on the side, there's all these other options, you know? So I'm midway through one. Oh, this looks interesting. Bam. Before, you know, I got like 10 tabs open, right? And then, and then I'm the same way with reading books. I, I can't read one book all the way through and finish it. I've got to start. I've got probably three or four on my Audible app. I'm listening to one by Eric McTaxis on Martin Luther, which is phenomenal. Oh, my goodness. And he reads it. So I'm listening to that. I'm listening to a few other ones. And then I got, you know, books I'm reading. I got like probably 20 books I'm reading. And I don't know what it is to, you know, I get distracted because I'm going to get it all, you know. And it's easy to get distracted in life, right? It's really simple. It's really focus on Jesus. Pay attention. Focus on Christ. <clears throat> That's simple. Jesus walking on the water. As he's walking, he's looking at Jesus. Everything's fine. The man's walking on water. 
And then he looks away from Jesus and he starts sinking. Pay attention, he says. For this reason, we must pay closer. We must give ab- a, a, a careful observance. The, the word here for, for pay attention, it, it's, it's in the present infinitive, which means it's a continued thing that has to happen. Pay attention to the God who speaks. Pay attention, he says. We must pay much closer attention, or as, as the Phillips translation, we must pay the closest attention to what we have heard. Remember, these guys who are listening for the first time, they know their scripture. That's why he's using a whole lot of Old Testament. They know their scripture. They've been following Jesus. They have been going through a lot of hard persecution by the Romans, persecution by other uh, Jewish people, and they're beginning to doubt because their expectation of what Jesus would do is not matching what they're experiencing. And he's like, no, follow Christ. Pay attention. Focus on him. It's all about Jesus. Pay attention to what we've heard. The gospel, he's saying, to what, to what we have heard. What do we have heard? Well, first, look, look at chapter 1. What Jesus, look at chapter 1, verse 2. Or verse 1 and 2. God has spoken, having spoken to the fathers and the prophets in many portions and many ways. In these last days, they spoke to us through his son. Pay attention to what Jesus actually said. Do you know, I'm, I'm going off script here, but guess what? Do you know what, what, where, how cults get started? They drift away from the gospel. It's really that simple. Right? Pay attention to what Jesus, what you have heard, the gospel. The gospel is not just the means of our salvation, it's also our security in Christ, it's also our sanctification in Christ. I'm reading this book by, um, this book on leadership by um, Paul David Tripp, which is a phenomenal book, it's on pastoral leadership. And his whole point is, the gospel isn't just Salvation. We always think of the gospel as just the means of salvation. He goes, no, the gospel is also the means of sanctification. It's the gospel by which we live our life. The gospel by which pastors are to lead their flock, right? It's the gospel. It's all back in the gospel. The good news, right? God's word. Pay attention to God's word, to what we have heard, God's word. Securing our salvation. God's word, that's like the, the rudder steering the ship, Right? Stay in the word. The Bible has, has a lot of, has probably like 10 messages that are reproduced over and over again. And one of them is, look, stay in the word of God, right? Pay attention to Christ. Jesus says, if you continue in my word, John 8, 31, 32, if you continue in my word, then you are truly disciples of mine and you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. God's word, stay in God's word. Pay attention Focus on Jesus. Focus on his word. His word is the means of sanctification. John 17, 17. Sanctify them in truth. Your word is truth. Amen? He says, for this reason we must, for this reason we must pay much closer attention to what we have heard. Why? Because eternity is a long time. When I was a little boy, I was a serious, I, sh- I should bring a picture, of, I have like second grade picture, I'm like, I'm seven years old, I got, I got the whole tie and the vest and the, you know, the whole, you know, you know, 
And I got this serious look on my face. I've always been a serious guy, right? I don't know. Maybe they got, I don't know. I'm an old soul. They used to tell me, you're an old soul. What does that mean? Just serious, you know? And uh, I'm put on this earth. It took me 50 years to realize why I'm on this earth. It's to preach the gospel. Eternity's a long time. Eternity's a long time. You can't just put your back into eternity. It's sort of, it's following Jesus. It's following Jesus. Pay attention to the gospel that you have heard. 1 Corinthians 15, Paul says, And now I make known to you, brethren, the gospel which I preached to you, which you also have received, in which you also stand, by which you also are saved, if you hold fast the word which, if you pay attention, if you focus, right? Hold fast to that word which I, which I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. Let Jesus Christ be the focus of our soul. Let Jesus Christ be the focus of our lives. Let Him be the anchor of our soul, of our lives. Let Him be the reason why we get up in the morning. His words, the, let His words nourish our soul. I mean, it's like the marriage thing. You want to spend all, obviously after 20, we're coming up at 25 years this year. Okay, you know. But when your first year is you just like, oh, do everything together, never apart, never apart. Now it's like, you know, come on, you know. <laughs> you know. But we'll never, we'll never grow tired of Jesus. We'll never say, Jesus, I need space. Right? We never, not Right? Jesus Christ, focus his, his life. Let, him be, let His life be the path of our life. Him. Not man, not religion, but Jesus. Forgive me, Lord, for even neglecting to, 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 to realize how wonderful you are. Let Jesus Christ be the path of our lives. Let Him be like the sailors around the sea who want to navigate. There's no GPS. They use a star, the North Star, right? Because it's fixed. Look to Jesus. Pay attention to Jesus. Focus on Him at all times. Now why? Why? Well, here it is. Verse 1. Lest we drift away. Pay attention. Focus on Christ. Lest we drift away. What? So that we do not drift away. Or lest... The Greek there is so that. It's, it's a... It's a it's for the, it means for the purpose of, right? It implies that, that this is important. You know, focus on Christ lest you drift away. You're on a river. You're in the ocean. How many of you guys like to go in the ocean, like in a boat? Or... I remember, because okay, so I like to take the kids, you know, go boogie boarding, right, in, in San Diego, you know. And uh, so we, you know, we set the tent on the, on the, on the, on the beach, right? You know, got all, all their gears to, and we're going, we're going in, you know, and I'm, I'm pretty particular. I like to stay right in front of our tent. So we start doing our boogie board and going, before you know it, we're like half mile down the beach. Wait, where's our stuff? Oh, we drifted. You know? You know, it doesn't take a whole lot of effort to drift, does it? You do nothing and you'll drift. Pay attention. Focus on Christ. You can drift and you'll be halfway to Mexico or wherever they drift, you know? 
So he says, so that, or lest we drift away. This is important. It implies that there's a chance of even forgiving, forgetting what you've heard. I don't know about you, as I get older, I forget a lot of things. I got to use my handy dandy notes app in my, my phone to remind me what I did. As I get older, we need constant reminders, right? Pay attention so that you will not drift away. So that implies that there's a chance of misunderstanding what you've heard. That's the way we go back and look in the scripture. We get clarity. We, get, we try to get perception. We, we want to know exactly what he, got, what he said. That's what we, we do Bible studies, that we, we pour into the scripture because we want to clearly understand. And what I like to do is say, here's what it meant to them because what it meant to them is what it means to us, right? We go back in time and say, what did they hear? What did they understand? What, did, what was God trying to speak to them? That's what we're trying to do, you know? This is not... I, uh, what it means to you. What does it mean to you? What does it mean to me? Who cares what it means to you? What does it mean to them? What, what does it mean to, to the writer? What does it mean to God? What is he trying to say? Right? That's why we focus on Christ. Pay attention lest you drift away. This implies that there's a chance of not even taking seriously what he says, of drifting away. Focus on salvation. It's critical to stay on course. Focusing on Christ is critical to stay on course. The word drift away. Guess what? It's also a nautical term. Paraeo. Para, 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 I can't pronounce some of these words. I can read it, but I can't say it. It means to be washed away, to drift away. It, it means to hold a ship towards port as you are, like as you are, you're a ship that's going in. And uh, in those days, you would have, you know, sails. You wouldn't have, mo- they didn't have motors back in the first century. You know, they had rowers and they had sails. But as they approached the port, they would cut their sails and do all the stuff to, and try to drift into port, right? And they would keep the port as the focus. Jesus Christ is that port, right? Focus on Christ, lest you drift away. It means to fasten the anchors to the seabed, to be, to, to be fixed at a certain point so that you don't drift away. Life has a lot of current, doesn't it? There's a lot of current in life. And it takes focus, focus on Christ. There's my, there's, there he is. He's the lighthouse in the midst of the darkness and the fog, right? He's the sound of that fog. Or Look to Jesus, pay attention to Jesus, focus on Jesus Christ, lest you drift away, he says. This word for drift away it means to drift gradually. You don't intend to drift. You just, it just starts happening. It just, just over time, little by little. Now, I'm not saying anybody here is drifting, but are you drifting? Are you paying attention to Christ? Is he the focus of your life? Is he that lighthouse, so to speak? Or have you been drifting? It happens very little. The winds and currents take you off course, and next thing you know, you're too far gone. I was reading a story of uh, some uh, people in, um, I think it was, um, I was Hawaii or something like that, and they were, they were going snorkeling, and the, the guy says, hey, don't go past that point, because if you go past that point, the currents will take you to the ocean, and you'll never survive. Keep Christ always in focus. Christ in focus. Pay attention. 
focus on Jesus Christ as the anchor of your soul. Drifting happens when we become preoccupied with other things in life, right? That's easy to do, especially today's life. There's worries, there's troubles, there's all kinds of stuff. Bring Christ into all those situations. You're having trouble with people? Bring Christ into that situation. It's not all on your shoulders. Bring Christ into that. That's why he says, for this reason we must pay much closer attention to what we have said, have heard, lest we drift away. When you're you're not fixed on Jesus Christ, you'll drift. You just write that. When you're not fixed, you'll drift. This last week, I'll be honest, this last week I was drifting a little bit in my, I mean, I, I prepare a lot, you know, but I felt like I was, wasn't focused on Christ the way I should be, you know, and I felt the ramifications of it. When you're not fixed, you'll drift. That's why the writer says, throughout Hebrews, he says, hold fast, Hebrews 3, 6, hold fast to our confidence in Christ. He says, the Christ was a faithful son, uh, was faithful as a son over his house, whose house we are if we hold fast Hebrews 10, 23, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. Drifting requires no efforts. Staying on course requires constant. You're just constantly adjusting. There's, oh, we've drifted over, let's go back over here. He's your focal point. Jesus Christ is your focal point. C.S. Lewis says, we, mu- we have to be continually reminded of what we believe. This is C.S. Lewis. We have to be continually reminded of what we believe. Neither this belief nor any other will automatically remain alive in your mind. It must be fed. And as a matter of fact, if you examined a hundred people who had lost their faith in Christianity, I wonder how many of them would turn out to have been reasoned out by honest argument. Do not most people simply drift away? This is from mere Christianity. We have to constantly be reminded. That's why um, uh, Paul, or, uh, Paul even says that. He says, or Peter says, I, am always, uh, I will always be ready to remind you of these things. Even though you already know them. Sometimes, I'll be honest, sometimes when I'm preaching or studying, I'm like, these guys already know this stuff, right? They already heard it before. They already, the guys know that. Come on, you know, most of us are churchgoers and we go through Bible study. I'm like, yeah, you, but we, we need reminders, don't we? Jesus Christ, pay attention to him. Focus on him. Let him be the object, the person that you follow throughout the days. But Peter says, uh, I will always be ready to remind you of these things, even though you already know them and have been established in the truth which is present with you. I, I consider it right as long as I am in this earthly dwelling to stir you up by way of reminder. He said, Peter says, as long as I'm living, I'm going to keep reminding you. Right? And I will also be diligent that at any time after my departure, you will be able to call these things to mind. Forgetfulness of Christ, the forgetfulness of his word will lead to drifting. Pay attention. Pay attention. What does that mean, pay attention? It means, pay attention means to listen with 
a teachable heart. To listen with eagerness. Like this is important. How many of you guys like to go flying? I love to fly. How many of you guys pay attention to the wait to the waitresses? Flight intense. <laughs> Sorry, my friends who work for Southwest. Okay, you're in your seat. How many of you guys tune the person out as they're doing the whole safety thing, you know, because you've been there before? You just tune them out because it, like, it doesn't seem important, does it? I've done it before. God forbid something were to happen. What do we do? What do we do? Did you pay attention? No. Why? Because you didn't think it was important. Do you pay attention to things you think are important? Okay? I, I purposely sit in the emergency exit row on Southwest Airlines because why they have the biggest legroom. And they don't want first class in their planes. But, but that emergency, those two or three rows that have emergency exits, they're the longest for those of us who are a little taller. So I take the aisle seat. I like to get on, you know, I'm on the first because I want that, I want that. But I always read the safety thing because I know, God forbid, something that would happen. Now, if we're on a plane and there's parachutes on the plane, and the guy says, listen, I don't have time to tell you this. We're running low on fuel. But if something were to happen, and we, and we think we can make it, if something were to happen, here's how you use your parachute. Do you think you would pay attention to what he says? Why? Because your life depends on it, doesn't it? Let us not treat the gospel of Jesus Christ as if it was the, the flight attendant doing the whole belt thing and the whole mass thing, as if we've done it before, we've been there, but not. let us pay attention to Jesus Christ and the gospel of Christ as if it is a life-changing thing. Because someday somebody's come to you and says, I am in desperate situation. Can you share with me Jesus? Well, I don't know where life is going. Or maybe you find yourself, you're like, you pay attention by being, having a teachable heart. That's why the Proverbs says, Proverbs 2, 1, My son, if you will receive my words and treasure my commandments within you. And verse 2, make your ear attentive to wisdom and incline your understanding. He's like, if you'll be teachable and earnest about this, life is short, eternity is a long time. Focus on Christ. Pay attention. Why? Because God means business. Now we're going to verse 2. Guess what? We're going through four verses, I promise you, okay? I know I'm taking a long time. That was a long time, verse one, but guess what? You guys paid attention, didn't you? Because you're talking about Jesus, right? And you know what the message is? It's focusing on paying attention to Christ. Why? Because God means business. Every word will become true. Look at verse two. For if the word spoken through angels proved unalterable or reliable or true or foundational or valid, if the word spoken through angels, what is that? That's the Old Testament. The law was given through the mediation of angels. The, the scripture talks about that. We looked at that a few weeks ago. If that word, if God meant business, then where he says every transgression and disobedience received a just penalty... How will we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? That tells me something. That every word of God, every word is important. Every word. Jesus even says, do not think I came, Matthew 5, 
Do not think I came to abolish the law or the prophets. I did not come to abolish, but to fulfill. For truly I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not the smallest letter, which is the, the letter Yod, looks like a little apostrophe in Hebrew, or the smallest stroke, which could be one of the uh, vowel points, or um, they didn't have vowel points back then, but, but um, accent points as well. Not one stroke will pass from the law until all is accomplished. There are people today saying, well, that doesn't mean it, when it, it's not sin anymore. God changed his mind, you know. There are people who want to sort of diminish the word of God. Every word. The Old Testament was Jesus' Bible. And Jesus, as he says, he's walking and wrote to me, the, the law and the prophets and the Psalms and, the, and the, the writings all spoke of me. They all point to Christ. They all focus on Jesus Christ. He says, the writer here says, pay attention because every word God means. He says it's unalterable. You see that? It's proved to be unalterable. It's the word uh, uh, bebeos. It means to, it's used of a guarantee, like, like this is guaranteed. Um, in Romans 5, uh, 4, 16, this is there. It, it means to be valid or reliable or proven to be true. That's why Peter says in 2 Peter 1, so we have the prophetic word made more sure to which you do well to pay attention. This word is, that's why we, we pour over the scriptures, right? We pour over the scriptures. This is a word that could be, it's reliable, it's trustworthy, it's steadfast. If God took that seriously in the Old Testament, He's actually arguing, he's arguing from lesser to greater. He's saying, if God took the worst of angels seriously, how much more the gospel of Jesus Christ? Amen? If he took the disobedience seriously, when people were unwilling to, to hear and refuse to obey, I'm going to go on for that. Jesus doesn't lessen the standard of the Old Testament. He actually raises the standard. He says, don't, You've heard it said, don't murder, but I say, don't even be angry with somebody. you heard it says, don't commit adultery, but I tell you, don't even look at somebody with lust. This nonsense that's out there, it says, well, Jesus is lowering the bar. Go back to following Jesus, right? That's, I, this is where, where I think the church is getting in trouble. Until you can master the word of God, Preacher, pastor out there who's watching, stick to this. Amen? For 2,000 years, this has been preached. And no wonder the Bible, the Word of God, is the one that, that they fight over, right? They, don't, they want to get rid of it. They want to diminish it. They want to destroy it. They want to do what God forbid. You preach anything but Jesus. You preach anything but the Word of God, you'll be fine. God means business. That's what he's saying. Pay attention because God means business because Jesus Christ doesn't change. Verse 3, pay attention. Why? Because salvation is too great a thing to throw away. Are you guys with me? All right. Verse 3, how will we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? How will we escape if we neglect so great, so important, so mighty, 
so large, so, so weighty a salvation. How will we escape if we neglect this salvation? God put all of his, I don't want to use a gambling term, but his chips, his eggs in one basket. He put everything is poured into Christ. There's no other way. There isn't, oh, I have this other way that I think is, no, no, no. He put everything into Christ, right? And there's no other way. That's why the writers say, hey, if you leave Jesus, you got no other options. God means business. Pay attention because salvation is so great. What is more important than the salvation of your soul? We ought to be a church that prays and pleads and begs for souls. I need to be a pastor that pleads, pleads and begs for souls. Souls, Lord, give us souls. Save our souls. Rescue people. Bring people to Christ. The consequences are eternal. Sin is costly. Sin is detrimental. And the price was too great. Christ paid it with his, his, his own his own life. Do you know that you are worth the value of Jesus? God gave Jesus for you. You don't believe me, do you? You are worth the value of Jesus Christ. Next time you think you're worth little, look at the cross because you are worth his son. Amen? The salvation is, I think we could probably take three weeks on just meditating on the greatness of the salvation. And what we have in Christ and how valuable, how loved you are by God. How precious you are in the sight of God. Most of us deal with such negative thinking. I'll be the first to admit that. And God says, I gave my son for you. You're worth more than you think you are. Jesus speaks of the salvation. He proclaims the gospel. Angels long to look into what we have. They wonder at God the Son pouring out His life for mankind, for sinful little man. They wonder, what is that like to receive that kind of love? They know God. They're in His presence, but we have a relationship with God they don't have. We have a Savior. The angels of sin didn't have a Savior, right? How great a salvation is this? If you were to try to work for it, you could never buy it. It's a gift. It's free, yet it's costly. Christ prayed with agony in the garden. How great a salvation. How will we escape if we neglect, how will we, the word here means to be flee from danger. How will we flee from this danger, the danger of neglecting the salvation, of becoming unconcerned about, to be, have no care for? 
if we pay no attentions? How will we escape? Oh, wonder of wonders that we have such a Savior that would pour out His very life for us to purchase for us salvation at His cost only. The only thing we have to do is follow Him, pay attention to Christ, and follow Jesus Christ. That's it. The burden has been lifted. The burden has been lifted. The burden, it is free. Salvation is free. It cost him everything, but it's free to you and I. And pay attention and follow Jesus Christ. Why? Because salvation is too great a thing to neglect. He also says, here's why. Pay attention to Christ. Focus on Christ. Why? Because there's witnesses to it. It's like God is bringing about witnesses in the courtroom to testify to Christ. He says, That salvation, verse 3, was first spoken by the Lord. Jesus Christ shares the gospel. Repent and believe in the gospel. Repent and follow Christ. He says, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. He says that in um, Mark 1.15, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. And later on, at the end of Luke chapter 24, it says, Jesus says, thus it is written that Christ would suffer and rise again and from the third day and that repentance and forgiveness of sins would be proclaimed in his name to all the nations. Listen, the world needs to hear about the chance to be forgiven, not how to live our best life now, but how to be forgiven and free of sin and the penalty of sin. That's the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's what we're proclaiming. That's what, listen, I understand we all have felt needs, don't we, right? But if I, all I do is preach to you your felt needs, I'm missing the major point, your real need. Your and I real need is Jesus Christ. I'm not here to make you feel good. Or feel, I hope you feel because you love Jesus Christ. You respond. But I'm, I'm going to be a doctor that says, yeah, you've got a little scratch in your hand, but you also have cancer in your, in your heart, and I wanna, I wanna, I'm, Jesus Christ will cut that out and, re, and give you a new heart, right? It's like we're playing in sandboxes with little kids and trinkets with the world. Trying to become friends with the world. Trying to be liked by the world. We got what the world can never come up with. We have the gospel of salvation. You can follow some business guru to become wealthy and rich, right? But only Jesus Christ will make you saved. Only Jesus Christ will give you purpose in life. Only he will forgive your sins and wash it away. You guys are quiet. That means I'm, doing, I'm either doing a good job or I'm not. <laughs> I'm excited, but here's, we have such a great salvation. I don't care how you feel. I care that you're saved. I don't care what you, what, if I'm going to stroke your ego or not. I care that you follow Jesus Christ. Because at the end of the day, it's all about knowing him. And he loves you. God brings witnesses after, look at verse 3, that after it was spoken by the Lord Jesus and was confirmed to us by those who heard. That means Jesus spoke it to the disciples and those of us who have heard, heard from the disciples, right? So Jesus is a, he's a witness to this. And the disciples come around, we're witnesses to this as well. The disciples who write the word of God, who, who write the, the gospels and the letters. By the way, there are people today that want to pit Jesus against the disciples. They say, well, Jesus said this and Paul said this. I'm going to follow Jesus, not Paul. Nonsense. Paul is Jesus' choice. He's my chosen vessel, Jesus says, right? 
well, well, you know, Jesus, I'm going to follow Jesus and all the writings, all that. That's nonsense. It's not gospel. It was confirmed. We have the writings of those who heard from Jesus himself. We have the writings of the apostles and those who were associates with the apostles. We're part of salvation that's 2,000 years old, right? It wasn't just invented yesterday or last week or five months ago or 20 years ago or 100 years ago. It was 2,000 years. This is a long history. God forbid if we ever steer away from the, from the Word of God. God forbid. That's why, let me just tell you something. Be careful what you listen to, what you read. Because if it's some new teaching that has never been taught before, by some housewife somewhere, no offense to housewives, who has no degree or no knowledge of God's word, be careful of reading that stuff. Read Dead Guys. I said yesterday at the, at the ladies' thing. You can't go wrong by reading Dead Guys. Some guys who are alive today, they're tr- you got, it's very subtle. And if there's some new teaching that doesn't agree with any of the teaching of the apostles, any of the teaching of church history, that's why we have to know our history, you stay clear of that. That's not orthodox. That sounds weird. That's a new teaching. No, no, no. It's, it's, it's heresy is what it is. You've got to be very, very careful. That's why if you're, at a different, if you're watching online, you're at a church, go to a church that teaches the Bible, that actually digs in. Now, I know I've been preaching today. We haven't turned the pages. Normally, we turn pages, right? Normally, we have some Bible verses. But that's what we, we want to be fed by the Word of God, Right? If you're at a, a church that opens the Bible to read it and then never touches it again, run. Flee. To quote Gandalf, flee, you fools. No, I'm, I'm, I'm serious. They, they argued in the first centuries, they, third century, second century, 300s, they argued over one letter in the Greek language, whether Jesus was his nature, of the, the, um, what he was fully God or fully, fully man. They, they argue about these things. And one letter, just, that's how important it was. So yeah, read dead guys. Puritans and reformers, that kind of stuff, you know, and people who are, or guys who are, who are known to know their scripture. It doesn't have to be reformers. It could be, but guys who knew their scripture, right? You get the point, right? Guys who agree with what the scripture says. Pay attention because the witnesses testified to the Lord. They confirmed it. They were eyewitnesses to it. They were proclaimed it. They heard it. And they told us. And us is the original hearers of this. And now we're reading what they heard. Pay attention to Christ, to what He taught, to who He is, to what He said. Pay attention. And then, to pile on, pay attention because God Himself testifies to the truth of the Gospel. You don't have to worry if God, what God thinks about it. You know what he thinks about it. Look what he says. God testified in verse 4 with them, both by signs and wonders and by various miracles and by gifts of the Holy Spirit, as if to say, I'm giving testimony to this. In fact, the early church had so many signs and wonders. It says, uh, um, I'll read a couple. Uh, Acts 2.22, Men of Israel, listen to these words. Jesus the Nazarene, a man attested to you by God with miracles and wonders and signs, which God performed through him in your midst, just as you yourselves know. And then it says in verse 43 of chapter 2 of Acts, everyone kept feeling a sense of awe, and many wonders and signs were taking place. God was attesting to, 
And what he does is that he gives credence to the word of God. As the gospel is being preached, he gives credence. He, he gives weight to it. He does things through the preaching of the word of God. And he also changes lives, doesn't he? God testifies through his Holy Spirit to change lives with boldness. Pay attention. Look to Jesus. Don't get distracted. Where are you today? Where's, the, where's your focus on today? Is it on Christ? I hope I'm preaching to the choir. Maybe I am. Probably all you guys are like, yeah, we know all this stuff. We know all, we have, yeah, we know all this. Look to Jesus. Look to Jesus for everything. Look to Jesus. Because if you don't, you'll start drifting. And God forbid that you drift so far. Now, God can find you wherever you're at. Praise God. Some of us have drifted. We feel like we're out where nobody can find us, but God can find you. But I wouldn't want to be in that bumpy boat ride out to the ocean, having drifted, knowing I could have stayed the course. If you're drifting or you have drifted, look to Jesus, look to Christ. It said that the Apostle John, Apostle John, had one phrase that he would often repeat. He'd say, Little children, love one another. He said when he was older, that's all he said. Little children, love one another. That was this one, one message. My message is look to Christ. Look to Christ. Pay attention to Christ. We're going, to have, we're going to celebrate the Lord's communion today. Praise God. And as, as the elements are being, take some few minutes to take some time to pray. And look to Jesus in your prayer and focus on him. If there's sin you need to repent of or something you need to confess, take a few moments now to, to do that between you and God. Prepare your hearts. We have such a great Savior we have such great salvation. And Jesus said that we are to do this as a way of reminder to remember what He did.
Lord, we want the focus of our lives to be on you. Lord, you are, you are, you are the anchor of our soul. You are the light when we are in darkness, Lord. You are our hope when we feel hopeless. You are the way when we have lost our way. You're the one who loves us when we feel unloved. You are our joy when we are in despair. Lord, you demonstrated and proved how much you loved us and how much you do love us by giving your very life for us, Lord. Some people just say those words, but you actually backed it with actions. Lord, you went to the cross willingly. And because you poured out your, your life and your blood, you washed our sins, you purchased, redeemed us. And Lord, we are so forever, forever grateful to you. Thank you, Lord, that you are immovable. It means you don't move, you don't change. You're always dependable, reliable, trustworthy. And the words you spoke 2,000 years ago still apply today. Lord, you love every single person in this, in this church, every person who's watching online. You love deeply. And so now, Lord, as we prepare to take communion at the Lord's Supper, we just want to say how much we love you and how grateful for, for, um, for the wonderful salvation you've purchased for us. The Apostle Paul writes, he says, For I have received from the Lord that which I have delivered also to you, that the Lord Jesus in the night in which he was being betrayed took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Lord, thank you, Lord. We do this to focus and remember you, to celebrate what you did on the cross. Let's take together. In the same way, he took the cup also after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the death of the Lord until he comes. Lord, thank you for the blood, your blood, your spotless blood that was poured out for us. 
your blood, the blood of Jesus that washes away our sins, the Lamb of God who takes away our sins. Thank you, Lord. Let us taste and see that the Lord is good. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. If you're drifting, look to Jesus. If you're discouraged, look to Jesus. Feel aimless, look to Jesus. Look to Jesus. Why don't we stand up? Like right, singing a song, but I'm. Um, Want to sing a song? Sure. What song? Let's do one song. We'll bless the Lord at all times, at all times. My soul will sing of your love at all times, at all times. And I will bless the Lord, and I will bless the Lord at all times, at all times. And my soul will sing of your love at all times at all times God bless you guys may the Lord bless you and keep you and may the Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you and may the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his, his peace my prayer for you in Jesus name and Hope you guys have a wonderful, wonderful uh, week, and uh, just um, yeah, look to Jesus. All right, take care.